welcome to Cross Politics on the Midweek Fix. It's good to be with you guys, Pastor Toby, Chuck Knox, I'm the Water Boy. Uh, make sure you guys sign up and subscribe to our magazine, just so you know. Uh, March first is kind of a cutoff date to kind of get the first subscription. But when you sign up, you get four magazines. Don't worry, you get a year subscription. You just might, uh, if you sign up before March first, you'll be able to participate in the first uh, first edition. issue, the first edition, and everything. And okay. then join us in South Dakota. We got an exciting rally March or uh, uh, April. April. Feel God right there. That's right. April twenty ninth, thirty May first. We're 1st. really excited about it. We got some surprises coming. Oh, wait till you guys see the new uh, T shirts. I, I can't say it because one of the guys got to talk to his wife before I announce. Oh, it. for so, real? Yeah, yeah. So okay, you might okay. even know who I'm referring to. Oh, okay. now it's now. Um, but they now they oh, know it's a guy. So I got to share the show. <laughs> There you go. So sign up for our rally. We're excited to bring Christians. We know the church has been shut down nationwide. People are not fellowshipping. People are not going to church. This is a great opportunity to come together. So we're going to hang learn. with Governor Christy Noem. Well, we hope. We hope. Well, we're, we, can't, we're, we can't. Well, we're hanging with her. We can't promise that. No, we're no, hanging no. in her state. That's what I mean. Like, we're yeah. just, you know, she's going to be there in the state. We'll be in the same okay. state with All her, right. and we're hanging with her. I just can't. False advertisement. Okay, with sure, with sure. Noem, but we're there, we're, AOC did it. I don't see why he can't. <laughs> Well, hey. apparently Ted Cruz tried to murder AOC, too. Uh-oh. Wow. If you're a skilled carpenter and you want to move to Moscow. <laughs> Transition. Ely Construction has a position for you. We're, mm-hmm. They're book solid for the next year. Growing fast. Need highly skilled carpenters to join the team. They pay great salaries and benefits. Hire for a long-term career fit and have a culture of excellence and respect for everyone in the company. If you know a lead carpenter with 10 years or more residential remodel carpentry experience. And you want to move to Moscow? Who could thrive. Biology. Send them to ElyConstruction.com. That's E-A-L-Y Construction.com. And let them know Cross Politics sent you. Yeah. You know, we're trying to help that brother out. He needs help. Hey, with us on the line right now, we oh, got I'm pa- excited about Pastor this. Chad Vegas. He's the founding pastor of Sovereign Grace Church. Uh, after completing his MA in theology at Talbot, being the high school pastor at River Lakes Community Church, he was called to plant a church in Bakersfield, California. Yep. We are talking to somebody from California. I know. Who's alive. Is- and they're alive. Yep. And he claims to be free. He's also the founding board chairman of Radius International, an organization that trains people to plant churches among unreached language groups. His passion is to know Christ, to make him known. He's been married to Teresa since 1994. They have two kids. He's also served on the school board of uh, Kern High School, uh, the Kern Liberty Coalition, Right to Life, Kern County Republicans. Pastor Chad, thanks for joining us on Cross Politic. Thanks. Hey, glad Chad. To be, glad to be here. Chad, you baptize those babies? I did not baptize uh, those babies, but shoot. maybe young enough that some people would call it baptizing babies. Oh, okay, well, we can, yeah. oh, we can, we can work with that. We can work with that. Did, right, did they Chad. self-identify as a baby or what? I mean, like, yeah. explain it. Exactly. <laughs> all, all Christians are, are born again as little children <laughs> in, right. in God's kingdom. That, every baptism is an infant baptism. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, So, Pastor Chad, um, Knox gets back here from Florida after hanging with you, and wow. he tells us that Kern County, California, is wide open. He says, "He says Kern County. I don't know how, how much did you pay Governor Newsom to keep Kern County open? We didn't pay him at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, 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 we're probably the bane of his existence, a thorn in his side to some degree. But we're not the only county that's a thorn here in California, actually." But we're one of them. What, what was some of the other counties that were that are pushing back? You know, San Luis Obispo's pushed back. Huh. Um, wow. Down in Riverside area, their sheriff has pushed back. So there's there's various areas where the sheriffs have just said, "We're not going to enforce this." Yeah. Um, if the governor wants to come to our county and enforce it himself, he can. But we're not going to do it for him. So and our county has said the same. So what? 
play have you been running to remain open against all the kind of statewide pressure? You know, so back in March, when the governor first came out and said, hey, we're going to shut down, you know, California was the first state in the union to shut down. We're going to shut down because of COVID. Initially, for most of us, it was like, well, we're going to have three weeks to flatten the curve. Here we are right, a yeah, year right. later almost. Right, <laughs> right, right. It's a funny notion of three weeks. But we're going to three weeks to flatten the curve. And, and so we all thought, well, that's reasonable. We don't know what in the world this virus is. So, you know, the news we had come out of Italy was pretty bad, as you guys know at the time. Right. And we thought, what is this? Well, let's, okay, three weeks to flatten the curve, fine. Maybe a week in at best, Gavin Newsom started saying things like, well, we may be closed down until summer 2021. Mm. And um, that's when some of us started saying, oh, this is, this is, uh, this is changing into something entirely different than what we discussed early on. Right. And so a few weeks in to that, we were, we were running up toward April. If you guys remember, they said, oh, we'll be open by Easter yeah. or maybe just after Easter. That wasn't happening. So in April, uh, some folks here had decided we want to push back. Uh, we want to push back in our own county. Partially the way this works, I'm sure it's probably similar in, in Idaho, though I'm, that I, I don't know your state politics and state constitution at all. Um, really, in California, the way this works is you have county health departments. So the governor gives an order from the state. The county health departments then decide whether to implement that order or not implement that order. And it's, it's implemented if it's by the county health department. Then obviously the sheriff um, and various officials are supposed to then enforce it. So our county health department and our county supervisors um, who, who oversee it, I think you guys call it commissioners or something up there. We call them county supervisors here. Our county supervisors then said, we're going to adopt the health ordinance the governor put down. And then it was, if you will, it was uh, an ordinance for our county. Right. We pushed back against the county supervisors on that. We immediately started a thing called the Kern Liberty Coalition, Um which we launched a website. I put out a video. It was kind of my first time ever doing a, a Facebook live video. Um, got people, we started a web, um, or no, what do you call it? A group page on Facebook. Yeah. Um, yeah. And started getting information out to people about it. Held a rally, pushed on the supervisors. I called several of them personally. And um, we were supposed to schedule a rally on a Tuesday in front of the county supervisors. That's when we scheduled the rally, which we ended up having, but it was a different rally than we scheduled at first was going to demand to to overturn the local health ordinance Uh so that that wouldn't be enforced in our own county Um, but on saturday before that meeting the county supervisors um, overturned it so they overturned it before the tuesday rally Uh, they knew there was a lot of pressure i'd gone on the radio we were on the media pushing pretty hard they had told me for some time they couldn't do it uh, but somehow on saturday before our rally on tuesday they managed to get it done right um, so now California has this thing called, I don't know if Idaho has this, but we have recall ability to recall public officials. Mm-hmm. And so I had just let them know that if they didn't want to do their job in protecting the businesses and churches in our area, in other words, um, uphold their oath to the constitution, which they've taken That's right. as our lesser magistrates, if they didn't want to do that, then we would show up on Tuesday and have an initial crowd to begin collecting signatures for recalls <laughs> so that we could get somebody who would do it. And by Saturday, it was overturned. So that was good. Um, We still had people who were hesitant. And occasionally we had um, the county health department wanting to weigh in. The district attorney basically didn't press it. The county sheriff didn't press it. But the county health department still wanted to start ticketing people. Um, So we put some pressure on them to stop. Eventually, they backed off. 
but some of that pressure was things like getting local attorneys to to um, file kind of you know cease and desist um, first a cease and desist letter and then if not then sue the the official I mean, including the person who ticketed we were just letting businesses know contact us tell us who the official was and we'll name them in a lawsuit and and get going and <laughs> and somehow that gets them to back off. You know? <laughs> <laughs> surprise, surprise, they back up. Wow. Now, yeah, yeah. now Chad telling us, well, you know, we're just trying to do our job. And and our response was, so are our attorneys. And so that's, <laughs> and all the people you're ticketing. So that's where we went. And um, this county has been pretty supportive, but we're somewhere between people who are voluntarily shut down and people who are voluntarily open but yeah. the county isn't enforcing really. ABC yeah. Alcohol and Beverage Control tried to come in at the state level and ticket, we which we pushed back against as well. Um, and then you know your cosmetology, your barbers, those sorts right. of folks, they got ticketed. Um, but that's a state license again. Um, so we've had some of that kind of harassment that's that's been attempted. Um, our county did turn in a list we found out of churches and businesses that were violating the state protocol. Wow. Your county did. Our county did to the state. They didn't want to enforce, so they just turned us into the state task force. Mm. So what we did is we we did some public information requests and demands for that. Threatened to sue if they didn't answer in a timely manner. Because initially, of course, you're kind about it and ask for the information, but then they all, almost always resist. Right. Though the law requires they give you the information. So then we threatened to sue if they didn't give us the information in a timely manner per the law. Um, kind of papered them to death. They backed off. Sorry, I need to. Turn off my notification. No, no, no it, Angel got his it's, wings. It's, it's, yeah, no, no. You can, it's probably you can the, tell how professional I am. It's probably know, the county. Tech. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so, so that kind of works. So, the county commissioners was it the commissioners that kind of turned the churches into the state? Who was it? Our supervisors. Um, well, the county health department is the one who did it. Wow. And you know, so the county health hmm. department did that. The state, the churches, and the the businesses that were open that that they knew of that they knew of or they had complaints with regard to. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Chad, how, how long have you been out of politics? You've been out for a little bit, right? Yeah, I, I resigned, uh, or I, resigned is not the right word. I didn't run again. I didn't run again in 2016. So I was in office from 2004 to 2016. In 2016, I opted not to run again. I'd served in that board for 12 years. So, and, yeah. Sorry, well, go ahead. What's crazy to me is that most people, most pastors are looking at the situation around March mm -hmm. And they don't see the opportunity of the power grab from the government. And you're sitting here saying, oh, my goodness, I see where this thing is going. I see. What is it? I mean, if you're out of politics, what gets you back in? What is it that, that you're seeing right now? It's like, where's this going to end at? Well, I, I kept trying to warn people that, I mean, I served in office long enough to know that anytime the government gets any power, they're loath to give it back. Right, yep. um, and so the people get, the more we give them power, the more um, we're going to find it difficult to get any of that back. And right. so I just said um, it was an unprecedented power grab that the governor seemed to be completely disinterested in relenting on. Mm -hmm. So I, I thought we have to stand up now Um I couldn't get many pastors to agree to that. Uh, there were a few that quietly agreed. Some who were open, um, they didn't mind being open and going forward. Mm. Um, but again, most of them weren't advertising that because they didn't want to get their churches ticketed and you know sued and what have you. And I understand. Um, 
But for me, it was just simple. I'm watching people lose everything they have. Their yeah. businesses are shut down. I'm watching people lose their jobs. I'm watching millions of jobs disappear on a weekly basis as you guys watched it with us as well. Yeah, right. Um, and I'm, I'm watching churches close down. So shepherds are basically being commanded by the government to let the sheep wander and hope they don't wander off a cliff or end up in the mouth of some wolf. And Mm. so, you know, I, I just couldn't sit by and watch that happen voluntarily. So Chad, since then, I mean, again, I, I agree with you. In March, we didn't know exactly what was going on. Even, you know, you, you make a call in April and say, guys, I'm done. And I could still imagine some pastors saying, well, I don't know yet. Okay, here we are, February yeah. 2021, yeah. almost a full year. Um, have you seen, um, I mean, what's the reaction been since then in terms of the other pastors and churches? Have you had guys jumping on board saying, hey, you were right. I didn't know. I needed longer but thanks for doing this. I'm on board now or, or not. No, no, not really. Um, I've had, I've seen more churches beginning to open in some ways. So what's happened is most of them were able, were meeting outside if they were meeting at all or on zoom. I mean, obviously they were trying to do something, whether on zoom or outside, some went to inside meetings. There was an injunction placed on the governor's order on the basis of the California state constitution by a, Kern County Superior Court Justice, actually in my county, um, on December the 10th. That injunction removed all of the governor's mandates with regard to, um, with regard to the churches. Yet churches still remained closed or still only opened outside, even wow. though there was a legal injunction saying they could meet inside. Um, that actually, interestingly enough, that that Superior Court Justice is a, is a conservative Sunni Muslim. <laughs> um, who, wow! Who gave uh, Christians the right to worship? <laughs> so, uh, and um, there's something something interesting there all by itself. But I, I we were open inside. We've had some pushback on that, uh, but not too much. There are a few other churches that have been open. Um, I would say there are more churches open inside since maybe July um, than. Maybe June, July, when the governor said we can open for a short period at small numbers, uh-huh. whatever that was. Right. S- some of them opened and didn't close again, even though we were told to close again. Uh-huh. Wow. Um, so I, I think there have been more open since then. And then more since MacArthur's statement in July. Right. Yeah. Um, if you guys remember, John MacArthur in April preached a sermon basically saying, do what Gavin tells you. Romans 13 commands that, yeah. you know, yeah. Americans should never have been involved in the Revolutionary War. That was... That was sin. That's right. a violation of Romans 13, et cetera. We've gone from that. Um, in July, he basically reversed course and said, this has gone too far and, and, and sort of stood up, which I'm, I'm glad he did. Yeah, yeah. Reverse yeah. course. I'm not being critical, but we all recognize there was a shift in MacArthur's thinking on this, or at least the thinking of his church uh-huh. and his elders on this. That, that shift and his willingness to stand up shored up some guy's locally to to be open inside yeah, and that's right kind of take that stand which was good chad, chad it seems like i mean all of this i mean you're talking about government taking power not wanting to give power back i mean this happens because other authorities aren't taking their authority they've been given by god seriously so you have yeah. you have churches who have just been walked over or, for, or giving up their for, power yeah, yeah. For, for 11 months and and they're just giving it up um you know 
what I mean, what do you say to these these churches who I mean, I mean, if it's not manifest now that this has been a massive power grab, I don't know, you know, how are you going to convince them? But Ray Charles can see that. But <laughs> but I mean, what what do you do? What do you say to pastors and church leaders to try to rouse them, to try to get them to fight for the freedom to worship, to push back against this overreach? Well, maybe I should, you know, go back to Turretin. We distinguish, right? So <laughs> I want to I want to distinguish a bit on on how I would say that. Um, first, I, let me be clear: when I started Kern um, Liberty Coalition, that is not a function of my church. That's something I did sure. with folks I was involved with politically on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, now our church definitely opened and took a stand pretty early. I just told our folks that Christ did not appoint Gavin as as to oversee the church. The head of the church is Christ. Right. He appointed elders. We'll make the decisions about our worship practices Amen. Um, by Christ's appointment, not Gavin. Um, with that said, uh, I would push on pastors not so much to tell members, "Hey, you should go and blow up your pastors and elders if they've made different decisions than our elders," because I'm not I'm not going to step in and tell people what various elders. Ought, what decisions elders of various churches ought to be making. I'm not pastoring that church. I don't have any authority to do that on behalf of that church. Sure. With that said, I, I will say that I think pastors and elders who don't recognize that they better stand up now or they're not going to, there's not going to be any ground under their feet pretty sure. soon yeah. um, upon which to stand. Right. They're being hopelessly naive. If they think the government is benevolent and is just going to give them all their rights back. Um, I, I think they're being. I think they're being hopelessly naive. You know, part of the play that I, I like about what you guys have done is you've kind of figured out uh, where the points of pain are for the local um, politicians, the local county commissioners, the local health boards, and and you've pressed that. Uh, one of the things that you uh, referenced was that you would file a cease and desist order to one of the you know uh, community health members who would try to cite a local restaurant or cite someone for, for breaking code. You can do that. You can do a cease and desist order to a local health board member because they don't have a qualified immunity like cops do. So cops, you can't, you can't do a cease and desist order to a cop threatening to sue them personally. No. Flesh that out. Go ahead. I mean, the, I, I, the Bakersfield police department is, I would say this is a pretty conservative community. And I know people think California is just wacko liberal. And as a state, it certainly is. <laughs> but this particular county is, is very conservative. We, you know, there's even a band and locally wrote the, wrote a song called the other California, mm. uh, you know, we're the California you don't hear about. And it's all up and down the central Valley of California, really anything East of the coast. The coastal areas are where most of the elites live that dominate the state politically. Um, th- those of us east of the coast, though, don't see things the same way. Part of that's because we live closer to the food. Like, you know, the food's mm. being grown yeah. here. Right. We, we see the oil being drilled here. Uh, we're working regular jobs, and so we understand how these things work in, in a way that I don't think coastal elites do. Wow. Um, so we're just a conservative area, and our cops – I can't imagine a Bakersfield Police Department ever ticketing a restaurant or a church for being open. Wow. I just don't think they would do it. Yeah. Um, and they're 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 pretty they're pretty respectful of our community. They're pretty they pretty they pretty well understand that they they exist to protect our liberties, not 
to tell us what our liberties in fact are. Um, and so we just haven't had that problem. I'm sure I, I, in some communities they have a different situation, but that's not the situation here. Hey, Chad, one of the things that I've been noticing probably the last year and a half is that we've been fighting so much on the federal level um, and at federal you know, position, and we seem to be losing really, really badly. And when we were talking in Florida, one of the things that was so impressive was that you guys are winning locally. And yeah. I don't think we know how to do that. I don't think we yeah. know how to engage on a local level. Can you kind of give some examples or some help for people on where's the most basic place that they can engage with at a local level so they can protect themselves against, you know, state and federal? Yeah. Well, I mean, this comes back, I, I think, to some degree to Calvin's Institutes, doesn't it? I'm in book four. Uh, I forget the exact chapter. I think it's maybe chapter 12, 10 or 12, and it's like section 30, 31. Calvin deals with the, the doctrine of the lesser magistrate. Mm. He actually says it's the responsibility of the lesser magistrate to protect um, citizens and in, in their care from a tyrannical king. Um, and I would say that, that we've lost a sense of that in Protestantism. We've lost a sense of that in our politics, even as conservatives. Um, I'm a two kingdom guy in the sense of twofold kingdom, um, with that said, that I, I'm not, you know, in this world where I think that we don't have a responsibility to speak into both kingdoms. Um, it's just we I just understand those that responsibility a bit differently. But our local magistrates take an oath of office to uphold and defend the Constitution. Mm -hmm. And they don't take an oath of office to uphold and defend whatever Gavin Newsom decrees, mm -hmm. but the Constitution. And so you need to engage your local folks because if they don't enforce it, what can Gavin do? He's going to come down here and force it himself. Uh, so you, you, you've got to engage. Now, where do you engage? Engage at your local school board level, engage at your county supervisor or commissioner level, engage at your city council level, um, get to know your district attorney, get to know your county sheriff, get to know your police chief. Most of these folks really do want to serve the people well, and if they hear from you, uh, they tend to listen. But the fact is, having served in public office, I can tell you it is true that the squeaky wheel gets the oil. And whoever the elected officials hear mm. the most from, that's the way they tend to bend, period. Mm. That's just the way it tends to go. So how do you get them to hear a lot from you? Well, one, you, you've got to organize people. So this takes some organization, meaning you need to put together um, some way to communicate with folks. In our, in our case, we started a website and a page and we asked people for their information so that we could send them updates. Two, you've got to help them know how to communicate with their, with their local representatives. So for example, get a list of all of the county supervisors or commissioners' names or city councilmen's names. Get a list of their names, get a list of their phone numbers, get a list of their addresses, email addresses, et cetera. Uh, I don't mean like their cell phones. I have the cell phone for most of the county supervisors. So I don't put that out, but yeah. like their, 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 their actual county office number. Mm -hmm. And then put together a script and ask people, email them. And, you know, you modify the script, but it gives them an idea of where they're going. Here's the issue. Here's essentially the script. Email them this and, you know, modify it. Uh, call them and bring this up and press on this. Show up at the meeting. Here's when the meeting is. Here's the time. Here's the procedure. Stand in line, make public comments. You do this over and over and over again. This is something conservatives maybe aren't used to, 
um, we're not sure what to do about, but but we don't tend to spend our lives thinking about politics. Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. We, we tend to spend our lives thinking about, um, especially as Christians, about worshiping Christ, about growing in godliness, about raising our families, our children, the fear and admonition of the Lord, doing mm-hmm. our jobs well, honoring and loving our neighbors, etc. Um, meanwhile, the left is obsessed with politics day and night. Mm-hmm. So when I served on the school board in a conservative community, every single meeting we were hearing from leftists mm. almost never did conservatives show up until they all of a sudden found their school board mm. voting on something that they couldn't believe their school board was actually supporting. That's right. And the reason that happened is because you just never hear from the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, I think getting people organized to do that's important. You know, you've referenced Calvin's Institute a couple times. I just encourage you to keep reading to the Pedo baptism section. In <laughs> <laughs> that actually comes before the section yeah. that I'm referencing. You skipped uh, it. Go back. You skipped four. it. You skipped it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chad, I have some friends who press on me about that a lot. Yeah. Chad, Chad, when, you know, talk about involvement. One of the things I, you know, is, is constantly um, – seems like one of the regular things that we run into, especially as pastors and trying to shepherd people in their involvement in this, it seems we tend to swing into one of two extremes. Either it's sort of this um, intense political battle and people, even Christians can start losing their tempers, yeah. um, start, you know, acting in ways that it's not becoming of Christians at all. Yeah. And then you have the, you know, maybe the vast majority of people who don't want to be jerks, um, you know, uh, are think that the 11th commandment is thou shalt be nice to everybody all the time. Um, and, um, and so how do you I mean, on the one hand, I mean, you, you just at the beginning of the conversation, you said, you know, we threatened to sue them. We, we threatened to sue them. And you, a bunch of Christians are thinking, Gulp, you know, is that, is that Christian? Is <laughs> so that, mean. Is, that, is that loving your neighbor as yeah. yourself? How do you hold this together? How, how do you encourage people, Christians in particular, to remember, you know, put on Christ, put on the fruits of the spirit yeah. and stand for stand fast and fight for the freedom they've been given? How do you, how do you encourage people to hold those things together? I mean, I think it was as, as a matter of doctrine, it's fairly easy to explain. As a matter of application, it's not the easiest thing to do all right. the time, right. especially when you're angry about where things are headed. Um, I, I would say we have to begin with the understanding that you need to be kind to everyone, honorable and respectful, um, and, and you know, love my neighbor. But there's, a, there's, an, there's an ethical content that the Ten Commandments give me that tell me what it looks like to love my neighbor. I don't have to that's guess. Right. That's, right. Mm-hmm. that's right? right. I don't have to guess what it means to love my neighbor. It doesn't mean, there's no, no commandment that says, thou shalt make sure your neighbor loves you, right? It says you're to love your neighbor. And I think we've exchanged that. Um, we've sort of flipped that on its head. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we have to be committed to the notion that when Jesus says, you know, a servant is not greater than his master. The world hated me. They'll hate you also. We have to be committed to the notion that we're not going to be greater than our master, that the world may hate us um, when we stand for truth and righteousness, right? And that's okay. Right. You just have to be comfortable with that. I, I don't really, um, I don't want to be disrespectful or dishonoring to anybody, but as long as I'm being kind and loving to people, I don't care if they like me or not. It really isn't my responsibility. Right. Um, I think we have to be resolved at that. In fact, as a parent, you love your children often in ways that are painful and they don't like. Right. Um, but you do it because it's what a loving parent does. And I would say as a citizen, I need to love my neighbor, even if it means I'm pressing for le- legislation my neighbor says they don't like, but I know is righteous and good for my neighbor. That's right. right. Then I push for that. I would also say as far as l- suing people, 
I mean, we have three branches of government that have been given. We're citizens of this constitutional republic. Um, and one of the things as citizens we've done together is set up a judiciary. Right. Um, to say I won't sue somebody and use the judiciary for the sake of protecting the rights of our citizens, um, well, then I guess don't vote either for things your, your unbelieving neighbors don't like. Right. Um, that's, you know, that's your, your practicing, if you will, um, your rights as a citizen. I, I, and, and by the way, I think responsibilities. Right. How, how can I sit by? Honestly, brothers, this is one of the things that I, I don't understand. How can I sit by as a citizen of this republic at, and say I love my neighbor while I watch the government destroy their business? That's right. That's right. right. How can I do that? Right. And, and of no fault of their own. We're meeting in a restaurant right now. That restaurant is a multi-generational family business. That's where we're meeting because we've been kicked out of everything else we try to rent. Yeah. So we, we're, it's a multi-generational family business that is gone. Gone. It was wildly successful. It supported Christian. Those fam, that supported families supported Christian uh, churches, Christian camps. They've been nothing but a blessing to our community. It's one of the centerpieces of our community. Gone. Gone. Wiped out by covid the 85-year-old owner, all of his wealth, gone. Wow. Right? Um, no, through no fault of his own. Right. In my mind, some politicians need to be locked up and thrown in prison for that. Yeah. Amen. Chad, now, why aren't you on Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm friends with Carl Truman, and he always is telling me that social media is just a is just unhelpful in general. Um, and so I'm on Facebook. And I'm regularly finding that it is. Uh, <laughs> well, make sure you share another account and just get in more trouble. <laughs> well, you... make, make sure you share the show with Scott Clark. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, Scott Clark, I'm friends with as well. I, I, he's a good brother. I told him when I went to Florida, I said, I met this chocolate Knox guy and he's a really sweet guy. <laughs> Did you, get, did you get blocked, Chad? Did you get blocked? <laughs> no, Scott. Scott wouldn't. Scott wouldn't block me. But we're good friends. But longtime friends, good. actually. But uh, I, to, I, I told him he's a really sweet guy. I thought he was going to be a real jerk, you yeah. know. And so, based on the descriptions <laughs> I'd heard, no offense, no offense. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not a jerk at all. Not at all, actually. I was kind of surprised. <laughs> we're all kind of surprised, yeah, Chad. Great. <laughs> Hey, hey, Chad, right now, the way things are going, um, I just want to say thank you for what you're doing. Yeah, there are man. a lot of yes, businesses out there in your, yeah. in your county that are blessed because of what you're doing. And I hope a lot of people decide to take and model exactly what you're doing in their counties, too. Appreciate you very much, brother. Thank you, guys. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them until Sunday. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politics.